How many of you um, are parents, have had children? Yes. How many of you are pretty sure your kids will be in therapy along the way? <laughs> it's kind of interesting. I was thinking about this week how, how we confuse children along the way. You know, when kids are, kids are little, you know, you're all, you know, get them, they're the center of attention and then they get to be teenagers and you don't even want to be around them anymore, you know? Or, or when, they're, when they're just really small, you know, you, you, they're just kind of crawling around and you try to get them to do two really big things. You try to get them to do what? To walk and to talk. And then when they can finally do both, you tell them to sit down and shut up. <laughs> you know, just kind of. And you wonder why, we wonder why kids are, kids are confused. Well, what's interesting is how much time we actually spend uh, in parenting trying to help our kids be independent. But I wonder if we shouldn't be maybe teaching them that it's okay to to be interdependent. You know, sometimes I think we, we work so hard and we, you know, we love to see our kids dress themselves, bathe themselves, brush their own teeth, comb their own hair. You know, we love teaching them all those independent skills, which are really good. But I wonder sometimes along the way if we don't communicate the message that you need to do all of life all on your own. And the reality is we can't do life on our own. We aren't created to do life on our own. We need help. Amen? I want you to repeat this out loud after me. I need help. I want you to turn to the person who's sitting beside. I just want you to say to them, I need help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Some of you, you've been telling them they need help for a long time. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. We were, we were talking about Ashley this morning, Ashley Gravet, who just got out of a basic training from the Marines. And, and you know, even as a, as a military person, you know, they, they teach you how to be strong and fast. And they, how, they teach you how to, you know, how to be a warrior. But at the same time, it's not just about being all on your own out there. You need each other out there. And in fact, I thought this is just a great little video uh, that you can show you. Even if you're, even if you're a warrior, you need a team. Throw that up on the screen for me. Man, isn't that great? Yeah. Now, how many of you were looking at that going, even with the whole team of guys, I ain't going over that wall. I guarantee you that. That wasn't going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, you know, what I thought it was so interesting is that none of these guys could have done it on their own. You know, none of them could have scaled that 15-foot wall all by themselves. And it's just a great reminder to us that in the journey of life, every once in a while, we run up against things that we just can't do it by ourselves. And it's only when we have the courage to admit that, that we can really learn how to scale that wall. Does that make sense to you? Well, we're in this series called Upside Down. And we've been talking about how God teaches us to look at the world in a whole different way than the world trying to teach us. You know, the world teaches us to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. You know, you need to be able to do this on your own. But Paul 
Paul takes a whole different perspective that we want to look at today. If you have your sermon outline, you want to take them out of your worship folder, you can track along with us. We're going to throw the uh, verse up on the screen today from, uh, from Corinthians. Uh, if you'd like a Bible, those Bibles are in the back of the pew. Those are our gift to you. You're more than welcome to take one of those home or track along with us if you want. And uh, let's look at the passage of Scripture and look at what Paul says. Paul says, you know, if I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth, but I won't do it uh, I, because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or can hear in my message, even though I've received such wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in the flesh. Now, we don't know historically what that was. There have been a lot of guesses, but we really don't know, but something that he couldn't overcome. A messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away, and each time he said, read it out loud with me, would you? My grace is all you need. My power works best in now, let's read that last sentence one more time. My power works best in weakness. How counterintuitive. Let's keep going. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and trouble that I suffer for Christ. Read it again out loud with me, church. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, I want to I unpack this together today, and I want to begin just talking about what are some of the weaknesses that we sometimes have? What are some of the struggle places that we sometimes have that, that we honestly don't like to admit? Come on, it's just us. How many of you admit that there are places in your life where you just uh, you don't like to admit weaknesses? Anybody? Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to I look at some that you know, that maybe you've had that we've going to share that we really need to admit, but we find it hard to admit. Are you ready? Here we go. Here's the first one. Sometimes it's unhealed wounds from our past. Sometimes it's unhealed wounds from our past. I'm amazed how often I will meet people um, and they are still, uh, once we kind of get beyond the surface in conversation, how often there are people who have a lot of places in their life where they had a lot of pain. Sometimes it was from uh, growing up. Uh, they grew up in families where they were abused, neglected, or uh, dealt with uh, addictive issues in their family. Uh, sometimes it's from people who uh, experienced trauma uh, in their past. Sometimes it's from people who have had some devastating losses that they've never worked through. But here, here's what you want to understand. Look at me for a second. What you need to understand is this. Sometimes we, we think that these things go away by just keep moving. But they don't. And every once in a while, one of the hardest things in the world for us to do is to admit we still have some what we used to call scars, but they really aren't scars. They're still wounds because they're still bleeding. Amen? And sometimes it's hard for us to admit that. Uh, another thing I think it's hard for us to admit, particularly in, in the church, is that we, we have a hard time admitting serious problems that we're dealing with. Now, we'll admit little things to one another, but, you know... Are, are, are we, we have a harder time admitting that, you know what, I'm having, I'm having marriage problems or I'm having some really severe financial problems or I lost my job. I remember one time a guy in my church, I found out he had lost his job. He'd been out of work for six months and I never knew it. 
you know, and because it was just hard. It was just embarrassing to, to admit. Or, or sometimes we, we have problems with, with our kids. Our kids have to, come on, how many of you have ever had problems with your kids before? Yeah, why in the world shouldn't we be talking about that? Everybody who has kids has problems, you know? But, but sometimes, can we be honest, it, it's, you know, we, we like to talk on the surface, but, but it's hard to get to those serious places, with those real, to admit that we have some real struggles with some of that. Um, another is uh, a thing we have a hard time admitting is temptations. Temptations that we're struggling with. <laughs> come on, gang. Church, Sunday morning. Come on, we can be honest. How many of you struggle with temptation from time to time? Yeah. All of you except those of you who are just giving in. You're not even struggling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, and it's a part of life. And what Paul says later in Corinthians when he said, the temptations that you have are common to all people. In other words, we all struggle with temptation. Even Jesus was tempted. That's just a part of living. And some, sometimes, sometimes we encounter things in our life that we really struggle with. Sometimes we have uh, things that come up and, and we want to say no to it, but we have a really hard, they develop like a stronghold in our life and, and we have a hard time just really owning that. And as long as we don't own that, it owns us. Another thing we have a hard time admitting are doubts. Our doubts. You ever had doubts? Doubts about prayer? Doubts about the Bible? Doubts about God? Sure you have. But sometimes we, I think we were afraid to admit that. And you know what? It, it, I, I wonder what it would be like for us if we could just really be honest and have somebody come alongside of us and say, you know what? I'm, I'm really struggling in my journey of faith right now. I, I need you to kind of stand in the gap and just be there with me. I need someone to have some faith for me for a while. Amen. Doubt. And one more. Let me give you one more. Discouragement. Discouragement that we're fighting. <laughs> I, I, I often tell people that church is the most sinful place in the world on Sunday morning because we lie to each other. We come in with our painted on faces and it's painted on smiles and we look at each other and we say, how are you doing? And we go, fine. How are you? Well, I'm fine too. And we just lied to each other. Because the fact of the matter is, if we're really honest, you're a mess. I know you're a mess. Your husband or wife told me you were a mess. <laughs> and they're wanting me to fix your mess. But I can't fix your mess because I'm a mess too. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It's that, you know, sometimes, we, sometimes we, 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 we aren't able to just admit that we struggle sometimes along the way. We get discouraged along the way. Sometimes life doesn't go the way we want it to. And we think people need to know that we're doing okay. And it's okay not to be okay. Amen? Because until we can admit we're not okay... We're not going to have somebody come alongside of us or have God work with us in the way that we need to so that when we're weak, we can become strong. Amen? Now, let me, let me just talk about that for just a little bit today. What happens, what might happen for us if we could really get to a place where we could admit our weaknesses, where we could admit times when we're struggling, admit things that we're wrestling with, admit things that we're doubting or discouraged by, admit that we're having a hard time overcoming. What might happen if we got really honest about that? Are you ready? Here we go. Let me give you a few. One is we open the door for God to work. We open the door for God to work. 
One of my favorite texts of scriptures in Mark chapter 1, and it talks about this leper who came to Jesus. Now, you got to remember in first century, leprosy was a disease that people greatly feared. Um, they didn't understand it. All they knew was that people's limbs started falling off, their fingers and toes, and it was a pretty gross kind of thing. And uh, they, didn't, they didn't know what was happening. And so lepers had to, when they walked through the streets, they had to declare themselves. They used to have to yell out, unclean, unclean. And people would just kind of give them all kinds of space. And but there's a story in Mark 1, this leper who comes to Jesus and he falls down in front of him. And you can just picture the crowd, man, just kind of all everybody scattering back, you know, out of the way. And he falls down in front of Jesus and he says, if you're willing, you can make me well. And you got to love this. What does Jesus say? Anybody remember? I am willing. And then here's what he did. And it reached out and he touched him and said, be clean. Now think about this for a second. Do you understand how long it had probably been since this man had felt another human hand upon him? I am willing. Let that word, I am willing. Say that with me. I am willing. Here's what you, here's what you need to know. God waits right outside of our disease, ready, willing to move in. All we have to do is open that door for him. Remember what Jesus said? Ask, what'll happen? It'll be given. Seek, what'll happen? Knock, what'll happen? The door will be open. Yeah, ask, seek. When you, when you do these things, God opens you. When you open the door for God to work, God steps into our world at our invitation. That's why I love what the psalmist said, Psalm 51. Throw that up on the screen. Read it with me, church. You deserve honesty from the heart, utter sincerity and truthfulness. Oh, give me this wisdom. I wonder how often we talk to God about all the things except the one thing we really need to talk to him about. Because when we open the door, we invite the power of God into our broken home. We invite the power of God into our broken lives. We invite the power of God into those addictions that are holding us fast or those struggles that we're having. When we admit and get honest, we open the door for God to work. And when God goes to work, ladies and gentlemen, anything can happen. Amen? That's why I put this on your outline you know, miracles are just a mess where God got invited in. The miracles are just a mess where God got invited in. Amen? Yeah. Let me give you another thought. Why, why do, what happens when we admit our weaknesses? Well, we give permission to other people to admit their weaknesses. We give permission to other people to admit their weaknesses. So funny. You know, when we're in, in small groups, um, it's so interesting when we, we take prayer requests. The hardest prayer request to receive is the first one because nobody likes to go first. But when somebody speaks their prayer request, what's funny is how that opens the door for other people. They feel more comfortable sharing theirs. And here's the, here's the other fact, the corollary that goes along with that. And the deeper kind of prayer request you share, you share the deeper kinds of prayer requests other people will share as well. 
there is something, a dynamic that happens that is so hard to explain. But whenever we're willing to admit we're struggling, it's like we give permission for other people to admit they are struggling too. You got, you got to get this. When we're talking about owning our weaknesses and admitting our weaknesses, look at me. It's not just about you. It's about all the people that you will give permission to by living your life in an open and vulnerable way. I remember Jim Dobson telling this story. It just cracked me up um, years ago. He was talking about he was um, at, a, at a meeting and uh, he was, uh, there was a, a guy who was in some kind of instructor and he said, I was in this meeting. There were like me and 14 women. And he said, we were sitting in kind of a semicircle, and he said they had been, the leader had been teaching that morning, and he said about uh, 10 minutes or so before the break, he said they, they wheeled in, at this, in this hotel room, they, they wheeled in a whole t- a cart full of pastries and coffee and all this kind of stuff, and he said the aroma of the stuff just filled the room, and he said, and I was starving. And he said, man, this aroma's hitting my nose. And he said, I'm, I'm, I'm like, my stomach's growling. I'm hungry, you know. And, and he said, everybody, he said, it was just so apparent they couldn't wait. <clears throat> he said, they finally got the, the instructor kind of took a break. And he said, okay. He said, well, we'll stop there for just a few minutes. And he said, uh, uh, he said well, I'm going to let you guys go ahead and get some refreshments. And he said, we're kind of in a semicircle. And he said, he's turned to the first woman here in this, on the circle. And he said, uh, would you like some pastries or something? And the woman kind of, no, thank you. And how about you? No, thank you. How about you? No, I'm, I'm fine. And he said he went down, the instructor went down the entire row, and all these women, these were sitting there, and every single one of them said, no, thank you. Oh, that's okay. No, that's okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And he said, and he got to me, and he said, how about you? And he goes, I'm hungry. And he said, he got up, and he said, he walked to the tray, and he said, when he got to where the cart of all the pastries were, he said, there were 14 women lined up behind him. And he said, I just simply stepped back, and I said, ladies, why don't you guys go first? And he said, and I excused myself to the end of the line. What happened in that dynamic? What happened? Yeah, yeah, they, they, he gave him permission. He gave him permission. It's like, it's okay to be hungry. It's okay, it's okay. These are here for us. But somebody, somebody, has, and that's what happens for us. Does this make sense to you? That's <clears throat> why I put this on your outline. Throw that up on the screen for me. Vulnerability unlocks hearts, builds bridges, and creates authentic community. When you and I are, are willing to do that, those, that's the benefit. We give permission for people to do this. It's so wild. Um, there was a, a guy, um, Dr. Larry Stevenson, back during, for those of you who are old enough to remember back in the 80s when there, the Ethiopian famine was going on, uh, there was a lot of ministry happening uh, along the border there between Ethiopia and Somalia. And uh, Dr. Larry Stevenson um, came over to specifically do ministry to the lepers uh, who were on the Somalian border. And again, remember what I was telling you about leprosy? Leprosy is a disease of the, of the nervous system. And what happens are the nerves die, and so you can't feel things. And so you'll, you'll damage your finger or you'll cut it, but you won't feel it. But because, because you can't feel it, you don't take care of it. And so it gets infected and then becomes gangrene. And then literally little pieces of your limbs start falling off and stuff. And that's, that's kind of the whole, whole, the whole verse. So he, but this group 
this, these lepers were um, a little skeptical of outsiders. You know, they didn't really like outsiders coming in. But they readily embraced Dr. Stevenson. You know why? Larry Stevenson had been in a farming accident um, some years before. And he lost, on his left hand, he lost his fingers, four fingers down to the knuckles. So when he walked in, all he had, instead of full, full fingers, he just had uh, four very short fingers up all the way up to that first knuckle. That's all he had. So when the lepers saw him, guess what they thought? Yeah, he's one of us. He's one of us. He had leprosy too. And, and, and even though he hadn't had leprosy, they opened their arms. You, you just got to get this. You see, one of the things that happens is that when we begin to disclose, uh, not just to God, but to another person about our weaknesses and our, 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 our story of challenge and struggle, what we do is we give them permission to share theirs in return. They open their hearts to us. Amen? You betcha. Another thing, and this is really uncomfortable, when we share our weaknesses, when we admit those, we, we also give others an opportunity or a chance to minister to us. We give other people an opportunity to minister to us. I'm doing um, premarital counseling with, with a couple who are getting married in January. Premarital counseling is always interesting. Um, I always thought it would actually be easier to send them to basic training for six, <laughs> six weeks or so. That would better prepare them for about the, what they're in. But uh, it, it's, it's always fun kind of exploring with, with, with couples, you know, what they think about life and marriage. And last week in this conversation I was having with this couple who are, are going into ministry, um, I was talking to them about the need to be vulnerable. And the, the guy openly admitted he had a real hard time being vulnerable. And I was talking about how important it is in marriage because I said, you know, your wife, believe it or not, I've learned this through practice, your wife cannot read your mind. And the only way she's going to be able to meet your needs is for you to be able to self-disclose how you need her. And so we were, we were going down. He, he said, you have no idea how hard that is. And he began to talk about his past. And he came from a very painful past. And, and he had a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff there that, that, create, you know, that kind of caused him to kind of seal off everybody and kind of keep everybody at a safe distance. And I was talking to him about how you're going to have to push through that. And I leaned into it a little bit more. And I said, you know, this really isn't just about you and your marriage. I said, this is also, this is also about your ministry. I said, how in the world... Can you expect your people to open their hearts to you if you're not willing to open your heart to them? How can you expect people to let you minister to them in their most difficult moment if you're not willing to let them minister to you in your difficult places? I said, you have to be able to share with them what you're going through. And, and, and I looked at him and I said, I said, if, if, if someone was having a hard time, I said, would you want them to be able to tell you the hard time that they're having? He goes, of course. And there's what I said. Then do unto others what you want others to do unto you. 
Amen. I love it. Jesus modeled this so well for us. Throw that up on the screen. And Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. And he told his three friends, read it with me, church. My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. I, I just want you to let this sink in for you. And this will be a great thought for you for the rest of the week. Here it is. If Jesus thought it was okay to share his weak places with a few close friends, it's okay for you. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let me give you one more. Throw it up. When we, when we admit our weaknesses, we also remind ourselves of our dependence upon God. We also remind ourselves of our dependence upon God. I made a statement a couple weeks ago. I was talking about how we're not nearly as good of drivers as we think we are. And uh, I think you all get that. And we're not nearly as good at managing our lives. But, but there's this false belief, this illusion sometimes, I think, especially when kind of everything's going okay, we think, I've got this. I can, I can manage life. And we just kind of do this. But here's what I've discovered. I discovered when I try to do life all on my own, out of my own strength and wisdom, I mess it up. I've discovered that when I try to do God's work out of my strength, I fry. Every once in a while, these weaknesses, like Paul talked about, remind us God created us to need him. From birth to the grave, we need the presence of God in our lives. Amen? And every once in a while, we come to those places where those weaknesses become exposed, and God just opens his arms to us and says, yield them. I love, we read this earlier from the scriptures. Throw that back up on the screen for me. It says, each time God said to him, read it with me, church, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Paul, it's not, Paul's not saying, I am so proud to be so weak. <laughs> That's not what he's talking about when he's talking about boasting about that. What he's talking about is I am now willing to fully, freely admit I need you. I need you. And when we can come to those places in our life, God can do great things. Amen. There's a guy named Bruce Simpkins. Um, he, was talking, he wrote a really cool article, a blog about several years ago when he was uh, he had this wild idea. He decided he wanted to, um, to parachute, skydive. And so he, uh, he said he signed up, and the given morning he, he went to the little... Uh, skydiving school there and he said he was a part of a small group of them and he said they spent the morning just kind of going through training showing them all the safety and how to do this and what you were supposed to do so he said we spent the whole morning in doing that he said then in the afternoon he said we we went up went up in the plane 
And he said, when we were getting on the plane, he said, I was the last one on the plane, he, he said, which I was really happy. He said, because he said, I wanted to watch how everybody else did. He said, we were taught how you're supposed to spring out of the plane and, you know, go to a full spread eagle. And he said, you know, they taught us that. He said, I want to see how everybody else did. So, so I was the last one on the plane. He said, I didn't realize if you're the last one on the plane, you're the first one off the plane. And he said, that was freaking me out a little bit. He says, then this plane had no doors. And he said, that really freaked me out. He said, because this plane just kept getting higher and higher and higher. And I I'm, I'm keep thinking to myself, I'm jumping out of here. And he said, finally, it came time. And he said, the, the, the instructor said, okay, you're up. And he said, I, I went to the door. And he said, I, I didn't want to show that I was scared. He said, but I was holding on to the door. And he said, I was looking down. And he said, there were neighborhoods. He said, and I'm thinking, this can't be right. I can't jump out over a neighborhood. And he said, guys, the instructor said, jump. And he said, I'm just standing there staring. I'm going, no, who am I? Santa Claus? What am I going to do? You know, go down somebody's chimney or something? I'm, you know, I, I can't do this. And he said, I started turning around to tell the instructor, this has got to be wrong. And he said, but as I turned, he said, the instructor just gave me a little nudge. And he says, I lost my balance. And he said, and I'm, now I'm holding on. He said, I'm falling out the door. He said, I'm holding on. And he goes, now the wind is pulling me. And I said, now I'm scared to death. He said, and the instructor is just staring at me going, let go, let go, let go. And he said, so I finally just let go. And I fell. He goes, it was the worst spread eagle in the history of spread eagles. He goes, there was no spread eagle to it. He said, I was in a fetal position falling through the sky. He said, but fortunately, you know, the parachutes when you're learning are on a hook. And so he said, my hook snapped. And he said, the parachute opened. And he goes, the other guys all jumped. And he said, we finally, we all actually landed, you know, in the field where we were supposed to land. He said, it was all good. He said, but that stayed with me. He said, I can't tell you how many times in my life I have felt God bring me to the brink of things that I need to overcome. And I hear him say, let go, let go, let go. Rachel, come on back up. I'm going to ask my prayer partners if you guys would go ahead and take your places this morning. Paul said, I've learned this incredible truth that's so hard for people to understand. It's when I'm weak. That's when I'm strong. It's when I'm willing to admit I've got a struggle. It's when I'm willing to admit I've got a problem. It's when I'm willing to admit I've got a habit I can't overcome. It's when I'm willing to admit that things in my marriage or things with my kids or things in my life just aren't going. It's when I'm weak. And I'm willing to just admit that. That's when I learn I can become strong. Because when I admit those things before God, I give God the opportunity to work. I give God the opportunity to heal. I give God the opportunity to empower. I open the door. When I open the door to my mess, that's God's invitation to a miracle. Could you use one of those this morning?
Rachel's going to lead us in just a, a beautiful song. It's uh, just a song of surrender to the Lord. I need you every hour. I need you. And as we sing that, right where you are, it's okay. If you want to just make that prayer right where you sit and just make this a moment where you lean into God and lay before him whatever area or thing that you're struggling with today, that's fine. There may be some of you who want to slip out and just have a moment to kneel by yourself at an altar and just kind of have make a moment with God by yourself. You're welcome to do that. But we have prayer partners in all four corners of the room who would count it a privilege to pray with you too. Look at me. Make eye contact. You don't have to do this alone. You're only alone if you want to be. Because this morning there are people here who would be more than happy to pray with you about whatever you're walking through. No judgment, all grace, but happy to pray with you. We're all, it's all level ground at the foot of the cross. Amen? We, we are all people who have weak struggles in our lives that need God and need one another. And I just want to set you free today to open that door. Let God work. Let his power move in your life this morning. Rachel's going to lead us in the song. Prayer partners are available this morning. If you want to use those, please feel free to do that after this song. I'll pray a prayer for us. And Lord, we do need you this morning. Um, probably out of all the messages in this series, this is one I, I resonated the most with. Because I've tried to do life on my own. I've tried to live it out of my own strength. I've tried to pretend like nothing's wrong. And that didn't work out so good. And so like Paul, Lord, I'll boast about my weaknesses. I will have no hesitation about admitting that there are struggles that sometimes I have in my life. There are, uh, there's not a day that goes by that I don't need you. And, and there are many times that I need not only you, but I need a good friend to come alongside with me, to stand with me, to pray with me, to encourage me. Lord, that's the way you made us. You said from the very beginning that it's just not good for men, for mankind, to be alone. And so you gave us the presence of your Holy Spirit, and you gave us one another. And we thank you for that today. Father, I pray for each and every person who, maybe for the first time ever, or the first time in a long time, opened up before you today a place in their life where they really need a special touch. They need you to step into their mess and to work a miracle. And you know exactly what's going on. You know where they need healing. You know where they need strength. You know where they need redirection. You know where they need their life to be rebuilt. And Father, how we thank you today that you are not just a creator, but you are a recreator. You can take the tangled messes of our lives and you can rebuild them into something beautiful and something good and so Lord today we just say thank you thank you for the way that you have stepped into our world and Lord remind us each and every day you never intended for us to do this by ourselves. we declare today like Paul when we're weak that's when we're strong in your name we pray and everyone said Amen.